Welcome to Building Insight, brought to you by the lawyers at Glayholt LLP. Building Insight is Canada's first podcast dedicated to construction law and dispute resolution. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, my name is Lena Wang and I'm associate at Glayholt LLP. I'm Max Guinness. I'm an associate at Glayholt LLP. And today we are going to discuss examinations for discovery in construction lien actions, the rules and procedures pertaining to discoveries in those actions, and then discuss some practice points. Before we get to the topic of discoveries, we're going to touch on the use of Scott schedules in discoveries. A Scott schedule is a standard tool used to organize facts in construction cases. Although Scott schedules are not required by the Act or the rules, a Scott schedule forms a reliable roadmap and may be ordered by a lien master or a judge. In a Scott schedule, parties list each of the disputed factual issues concerning claims, counterclaims, and defenses, and summarize their position on each of those issues. The party making affirmative claim does this first, then the Scott schedules are exchanged, and the responding party inserts its position. In terms of format, each issue and sub-issue on a Scott schedule should have unique identifiers, And in most matters, issues can be grouped into different headings. To assist with discoveries, Scott schedules should include references to documents. While Scott schedules usually do not contain full arguments, they can serve as effective outlines for discoveries. Now, in Toronto, uh, lately, there could be quite a significant amount of time between obtaining the date for your first trial management conference and the trial management conference itself, And that's really due to the volume of lien actions that are being referred to construction lien masters. So as a result, the masters have been inclined to make certain orders upon granting the first trial management conference dates, including to order that Scott schedules and productions be exchanged ahead of appearing at the first trial management conference. This is to ensure that the parties can uh, hit the ground running. You should be mindful of these expectations and be prepared for sanctions if you are non-compliant with the master's order. It's important to remember that leave is required for discoveries in construction lien actions. Section 67.2 of the Construction Lien Act says that interlocutory steps, other than those provided for in this act, shall not be taken without the consent of the court obtained upon proof the steps are necessary or would expedite the resolution of the issues in dispute. Likewise, Section 13 of the Regulations to the New Construction Act states that interlocutory steps, other than those provided for under the act, shall not be taken without the consent of the court on proof that the steps are necessary or would expedite the resolution of the issues in dispute. So it's almost exactly the same wording. Discovery is not specifically provided for under the Act, so the consent of the court is required. Typically, in construction cases, discoveries are granted. Examinations are necessary to ensuring that a party has full knowledge of the relevant facts and can make their case, or, in the alternative, can defend themselves. However, Don't take discoveries for granted like you would in a regular civil action. You will still need leave of the court. Be prepared to make this request at the first trial management conference and canvas dates with opposing counsel ahead of time. When scheduling discoveries, give serious thought as to how long you will need to conduct your discoveries and who the most appropriate person to examine would be. Rule 31.0511 provides a maximum of seven hours for an examination, except with the consent of the parties or with leave of the court. For most matters, one day should be sufficient. But if you are acting on a large matter, one day may not be enough and you may need to request more days. This should be determined up front. Who should be examined? It should really be someone with knowledge of the issues in the litigation. 
Otherwise, you'll end up with a mountain of undertakings that will be time-consuming and costly to answer. Someone like a project manager on a construction project, who is on the ground and understands the various issues, would be a good person. Likewise, make sure that the individual was there at the relevant time of the issues. If it's only someone who started after the issues or predated the issues, then they're not going to be able to give the right information and you'll end up with a whole series of undertakings. What types of documents are you likely to see in discoveries in a construction action? Oftentimes, project records such as drawings, specifications, um, obviously the contract, meeting minutes, and invoices are relevant. And they are in the universe of documents that are usually produced and may be referred to during discoveries. Depending on the issues, other documents that are relevant are tenders, delivery tickets, timesheets, and oftentimes emails and letters. Construction projects usually include numerous documents, and documents such as drawings are easier if you are able to see them on a large screen. Therefore, electronic document production is often used by the parties. Producing documents electronically works well with Scott schedules, especially in discoveries, as these documents can be assigned a document ID, and they can easily be listed in the Scott schedule, and even hyperlinked so that they're easily accessible during the discovery. As construction cases can be very document-intensive, and because using documents in discoveries can take up a lot of time, preparation is key so you know the important points you want to hit and where to find the documents easily, given that there will be a time limit on the discoveries. Make sure to book adequate time to prepare. Keep in mind that your discovery representative is likely unfamiliar with the litigation process. Take the time to make them feel comfortable with the process, understand what it means to give an undertaking, an under-advisement, or a refusal, and remind them that they should not speculate. If they don't know the answer, it is enough to say, I don't know. These seem self-evident to lawyers, but will not to most people being examined. Remember that for a construction lien reference, if a refusal's motion is required, the master seized of the matter will be the one to hear the refusal's motion. That means that the master hearing your refusal's motion will also be presiding over the trial of the matter if it does not settle. Do not be unreasonable with your refusals, otherwise you will have to defend your position in front of the master. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Building Insight. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit glayholt.com for more information. If you have any questions, email us at info at We look forward to having you join us again.